Hello, Dominic Santangelo here. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode, episode six, in fact, of Better Together, a series of conversations between health consumers and health professionals at the Nepean Blue Mountains Local Health District. Together, we're here to explore ways in which our health services, but also all health services, can form better partnerships with consumers, patients and their families and carers, to provide more holistic and patient-centred care, and as a result, help improve patient outcomes. We record our podcast at Nepean Hospital, the largest facility of the Nepean Blue Mountains Local Health District, which operates here on the traditional lands of the Darug, Gundungurra and Wiradjuri peoples. We're grateful to be joined here today by Lee Gregory, Chief Executive of the Nepean Blue Mountains Local Health District, who's recently joined us from the Northern Sydney Local Health District. Welcome, Lee. Yeah, thanks, Dom. Really glad to be here. And as ever, we have Better Together's regular co-host and experienced consumer rep, Matt Roger. A warm welcome to you too, Matt. Thanks, Dom, and welcome, Lee. Thanks, Matt. Now, let's dive straight into the conversation, if we can, starting with you, Lee Gregory. Lee, mm. let's pretend you're an onion for a minute. <laughs> Don't make me cry, though. We'll, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll peel back some layers, though, if we can. And if you could tell us a little bit about your background and what mm. led you to work uh, in health. Yeah, uh, so originally from... Uh, northwest of England from Liverpool in the UK. That's where I started in health. I started, came out of university and started uh, in a dental hospital in Liverpool. Really enjoyed it. And I think sort of my sort of background grew up in Liverpool in the early 80s. And, you know, if you think of the times of Margaret Thatcher and privatisation sort of led me and I was really always interested in how and believe public health could be the best it could be. And that sort of led me into it, really enjoyed my time there and was really passionate, became really passionate about making the health system the best it can be and as good as any. So, yeah, that's really what led me into it. And then from there, I migrated to Australia, worked for a bit down in Melbourne at the Alfred Hospital, uh, then up to Royal North Shore and then uh, spent most of my career at Northern Sydney in Sydney and then now here. And I've really, really enjoyed my time here so far. It's been brilliant. Great. I'm tempted to go off script a bit and ask mm. you a little bit about yeah. the differences between the NHS and, and the public system here in Australia. We probably haven't got enough time in the podcast. <laughs> that, that, that may be a podcast all of its own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lee, why is consumer representation then so important to you in your yeah. role as chief executive? Yeah, there's probably two things come to mind. One, uh, obviously, we're here to serve our community. So, you, you need to engage with the community. You know, it's an obvious thing. If you're serving a community, you need to engage with it. The other thing I'd say is I think it's a tremendous source of improvement for us. And it's something we need to do at scale. You know, so if you think consumers have insights that our clinicians just don't have. Uh, so, yeah, they're probably the two mm -hmm. key things for me. You know, that, that. Yeah, and it's, it's really about the lived yeah. experience that consumers mm -hmm. can bring. Mm -hmm. And valuing consumers' time. So I know there's been a lot of work recently around the remuneration for consumers, for example. Mm -hmm. So how important is it to you then that consumers are recognised for the value they bring to clinicians mm -hmm. through some sort of remuneration structure? Yeah, no, I think to me, yeah, it's really important because, uh, you know, people don't, people do this, obviously uh want to contribute to the health system but let's face it you know it's a, it's a it's a reasonably big commitment you know consumer engagement can be quite time consuming particularly if you move into quite often you can veer into that sort of co-production model of of, mm -hmm. of uh, improvement so it is time consuming i think it's only reasonable if we're going to expect people to contribute to as some sort of remuneration appropriate remuneration just mm -hmm. to recognize the contribution they're making to the health mm -hmm. system mm -hmm. Yeah, it's certainly one of the things that we've talked about a lot mm. as consumers about yeah. how do we get better 
engagement mm. because you would feel that their time is valued. Yeah. And look, to my mind, yeah. I'm, you know, outside I should um, disclose, I'm not sure if, if I've mentioned Lee, but yeah. outside of working with this LHD, I'm also a consumer rep with another LHD oh, because right. okay. I have, you know, we have a complex family health situation. Yeah. My children spend a lot of time in hospital, so I've mm. become involved as a consumer rep through, um, through another hospital yeah. in Western Sydney. And for me, one of the important things about sort of the remuneration aspect for consumers, not necessarily like, you know, I, I do it, it's, I don't need the, the money. Well, yeah. you know, it's always mm-hmm. nice, but, you know, I can, there's other reasons for me, for me making that contribution. But I feel that it's an opportunity for services and, you know, departments and people in sort of clinical and executive roles, you know, in hospitals and other healthcare services to you know, to value the, the consumer engagement a bit more mm. because if they're going to have to budget for it and if they're going to have to pay for it, well, it's going to have to be some pretty meaningful consumer engagement. So, mm. you know, my hope is that, you know, the, the introduction of remuneration for consumer reps means that um, it, it, there's going to be a more genuine approach because all of a sudden it's it's the bottom line as well as standard two and, and, mm. and ticking a box. Yeah. So that's just my opinion. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. So if I can ask... You, Matt, what's your personal story with consumer engagement and what roles do you think consumer reps play in the health sure. system? So I've lived with the challenges of a disability uh, for 20 years. Um, I've got multiple sclerosis and I have a multidisciplinary team of uh, I guess, clinicians and others who help manage my, my MS journey. Um, and I think it's important that that lived experience, component I mentioned before, we can get involved in service design uh, service development, so we're involved with the redevelopment here at the Plan Hospital, for example. We can get involved in policy review, procedure review. Um, I'd like to see getting more and more involved in other um, maybe interviews or even serious events reviews, something like that, because it's at showing the clinician what has gone wrong mm-hmm. and the impact that it's had not just on the patient or the client or the consumer, but also on their family and carers. And Don mentioned his own uh, story as well. And I think because the family and the carers live the same journey as you, and that to me is the benefit of consumer engagement. Lee, from your previous experience at North and Sydney LHD, how does that sort of consumer lived experience that, that Matt's referencing in terms of the, the roles consumers can play, um, how does that consumer experience shape your strategic vision for, for, for the LHD? Yeah, I think, you know, if you think of our, you know, our vision for the Pain Blue Mountains, you know, we talk of innovation and excellence. I think unless we do consumer engagement uh, at scale becomes a component of what we do, becomes, if you like, BAU, uh, we're not going to get to that. We're not going to maximise innovation and excellence at scale. You know, we have to really have a... There's probably two things we need to do. I think we need to change the culture of the... And this is, like, broader to the health system, but I think we need to change the culture of the health system, whereby... Consumer engagement is just normal, and it's getting there. Uh, and I think we do that. A, so we obviously change the culture, and B, use technology to make it seamless and uh, really easy for consumers and staff. You know, to to gain help us gain those insights. I think unless we do it at scale, we're not going to maximise the improvements opportunities we've got mm. from consumer uh, engagement that will help our innovation, help that drive to excellence. Mm. You mentioned culture. Perhaps this is mm. a good point to skip. Um, uh, skip forward a few questions and talk about p- potentially what what are some of those barriers to the cultural change um, um, that's required to really maximise the the impact of consumer engagement? Do you think? And I guess this question can go to either of you. Mm. I think for me, one of the one of the big challenges that we have is around health literacy in general. 
um, and encouraging people to speak up if something isn't going the way they want it to, mm. to go. Um, and for, I guess if I think about from a culturally and, and linguistically diverse population, we've heard in previous episodes about our diverse population in our district. Um, getting people from other backgrounds to be involved in their own healthcare journey as well. Um, I think the culture is that consumers can help clinicians better understand what's going on. I mean, the multitude of, of symptoms and, and impacts that my MS has means there's no one doctor or specialist who can deal with everything. Mm. Um, and you're not going to read about that in a textbook because everyone's journey is going to be different. And it's going to be the same for other conditions as well. So um, it's there's an element of trust. A clinician has to trust what's being said to them by the patient. And I think the patient, to an extent, has to trust what the advice from the clinician is coming from mm. as well. And trust, to me, is probably the biggest cultural change, coupled with an advancement in health literacy, yeah. which we are trying to work on, absolutely. Um, but I think that would be two things as well. Yeah. Mm. What's, what's your view, Lee, on, on the cultural um, barriers to, you know, maximising consumer engagement as an effective way of, of making our, our health system better? Yeah, I think the probably main barrier is it's not something the health system's traditionally done well. I think it's getting there now. People understand the importance of it. So I think it's just that long journey of cultural change. I think, you know, where we talk of the patients at the centre of everything we do, I still think we've got a bit of a way to go in that journey. Uh, and I think probably the other side of it is when I, talk, I keep coming back to doing it at scale. So there's the individual conversations between clinicians and uh, patients and families, etc. But there's also that sort of broader collection of insights and patient experiences, all that insights that, that can give us as mm -hmm. well. And you, you often you see that, you know, you look in the private sector where you would uh, quite quickly they would, you can, you know, it's say a time of checkout or a time of uh, transaction, whether you can quite quickly uh, provide your insights into your experience, say in a hotel yeah. or a yes, shop yeah. or whatever. Yeah. We don't do any of that. Yeah, yeah. I think about you that know. a lot, Lee. I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, my inbox is flooded with, with you know, everything I've accidentally signed up to saying, how did we do? Yeah, exactly. Uh, whereas, you know, in all of my experience as a consumer in the hospital system, it's very rare that people ask that question. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I appreciate you sort of drawing that same analogy that, that's that's um, dawned on me um, in, in many a, yeah. a waiting room. I, th I think we're getting there now, you know, with the patient-reported measures, patient-reported outcomes and the uh, patient experience stuff we do. You know, we, we are, you can get in real time, the ward knows in real time the issues, you know, so that type of stuff is really, really valuable. Mm -hmm. I think that mm -hmm. together with starting to change that, con that or continue that change of culture, patience at the centre of everything mm. we do in those conversations you talked about, Matt. Yeah, you did mention technology and I wanted to maybe ask about what are some of the tools available to us to sort of engender this cultural change. Um, yeah, I think there's plenty out there. Uh, we've already got our, I can't remember the name of the software, the system user, we've got that data collection uh, software now. But I think the bigger bit and the bit in terms of changing the culture is bringing it into the workflow of our clinicians so it's a lot more seamless for them. Mm. Otherwise, we're just adding it something to do on top of mm. very busy clinicians, and that's one of our main barriers, I think, yeah. Don. Mm. I think COVID times taught us that we can provide healthcare in other than face-to-face -face modes of care. Yeah. So the whole in improvement or increase in, in virtual care means that people from a whole range of areas, given the range of our you know, 
population from Sydney Metro out to Lithgow and beyond mm. um, is is really important to be able to get access to a clinician, mm. not just face to face, because that's often a, a big impact that patients have and families have having to travel long distances to get the right healthcare. Whereas virtual care coupled with te- the ability for a clinician to tap into that is a great way to improve overall patient care as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Matt, you've been a consumer rep for some time with this LHD. What are some concrete examples of where our district's practices or processes have been positively impacted as a direct, of, direct result of consumer representation? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think we've had a number of policies and procedures that we've made direct impact on to change the way that clinicians operate in the hospital. Some some clinical or concrete examples look at a, a ramp pathway here at Nepean Hospital that a member of the community first raised, and we took that through to the redevelopment team and got some um, redesigns, and that was engaging with the, con- the construction contractors, the redevelopment team, um, the Penrith Council Access Committee, to get some influence on the design and shape of that. So that an access pathway that previously ended in steps is now accessible for people in wheelchairs or with other mobility devices, parents with prams, et cetera. And that's something you can drive past every single day and see it there. Um, including the, in the redevelopment, we'll talk about that in a second as well. Um, but just getting involved in the design from ground up rather than trying to retrofit something down the track, um, I think that makes a massive difference to uh, patients, consumers and carers now, and even more so as we move forward into stage two of the redevelopment as well. Mm. Lee, in your relatively short time here as our CE, what have you noticed in relation to the success of consumer engagement? I think... Uh, since I've been here, I've observed there's definitely a genuine commitment, I think, across the district to consumer engagement. People see its importance. Uh, I think also that what's been really great is we've got a good understanding of our consumers in the sense that we really, uh, like our vulnerable communities, we're really conscious of our vulnerable communities in, clin- in uh, consumer engagements, I think, which is really great to see. Yeah, mm, Fantastic. Uh, Matt, what are some of the main... Um, We've, we've canvassed this a little already, but if there are any other main barriers or challenges to, Lee mentions that there seems to be a very genuine commitment here, which you know, which I would agree with. But what are the challenges um, to maintaining that sort of genuine level of commitment to consumer engagement? I think one of the challenges around the, the overall structure and support from the hospital district to consumers, so it might be the, the organisational structure and the roles, responsibilities, that, that's, that's one. I think... Um, people who aren't, aren't um, fully aware about how they can make a difference or they feel their voices might not be heard. So the patient reported measures, the outcome and experience measures you talked about before, I think will start to, if people start to say, oh, I've said something and something has changed, there's a greater encouragement to do so. Um, I think as well the, the fact that people can see real concrete examples of change as soon as you start to see something and you go, I did that, I contributed to that, we did this, we did that, and, and that's, you know, you see by, by achievement that you can make a change, that, that will overcome some of the thing as well. Thanks, Matt. Does that resonate with you, Lee, what, what Matt's just... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, our hospital is currently um, undergoing stage two of its uh, $1 billion redevelopment. Um Maybe I'll start with you, Lee, because I know you're very engaged with the redevelopment too, Matt. But but Lee, um, how will um, 
consumer engagement continue to help influence uh, the redevelopment? Yeah, I think yeah, there's clearly the design aspect and getting people involved from the ground up. You know, because unless you're, uh, you know, that, and it comes back to those insights consumers can give us that we just don't have. I think, uh, but I think more broadly, what I'd like to see from consumer engagement is that influence on models of care. So how we actually provide care. There's the design of the building and what might go where and the access bit you've talked mm-hmm. about, absolutely important. But I think more broadly, it's how our consumers can help us in, in, uh, improve in our models of care, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's actually mm-hmm. much broader than the redevelopment, I think, as well, you know, in terms yes. of what we need to do around consumer engagement and, you know, we veer into co-production, that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've certainly done quite a lot of the involvement of, of models of care redesign uh, to help the facilities and the staff as much as anything adapt to the new environments. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's been a fantastic process. Yeah. I've only been involved in that redevelopment process for about four years. I know it was going for a lot longer before that. Uh, but so far we can see some real some real change and a real commitment and support from the district to get something done. Mm-hmm. No, look, it's really important because there's a level of separation between sort of redevelopment on the sort of health infrastructure side of things and then what's happening in the LHD. Mm. So coming together around that stuff is very important. Mm. In fact, I think there's a little story in one of those uh, CEC training modules that that all staff are supposed to do, um, which kind of tells, a, I think, a a good story about how old models of care can be transferred into sort of new buildings or, you know, adapted to new technologies Mm. In, in ways that aren't a particularly good fit sometimes. And they sort of talk about a, a kid who um, asks his mum why she always cuts the, the, the lamb roast in half before she puts it in the oven. And she said, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure because my mum did it that way and it was always an excellent lamb roast. So why don't you call your grandma and ask? So he calls up his grandma and he says, Grandma, why, why, why do you cut the roast in half before you put it in the oven? And she said, oh, well, the oven was just too small. So I had to cut it in <laughs> to get one on the top shelf, one on the bottom mm-hmm. shelf. Mm-hmm. So it turned out that the boy's mum had just been doing it that way uh, because of their sort of, um, you know, perceived wisdom of, of a particular method, mm. which had to do with its application to an older technology. Mm. And I think when we've got new buildings and new spaces, we've got a real opportunity to come up with, you know, better models of care. Yeah. Yeah. How does the structure of consumer engagement that you've seen so far in, in short time here compare to what you saw at Northern Sydney? Mm. And that might lead to a question about what we could change. Mm. in the way consumers are engaging with the hospital. Yeah, I don't see it's too different from Northern Sydney, I don't think. Uh, I do actually think it's pretty good here. Like I said, I've been struck by the consciousness of the executive around consumer engagement, I think. I met some of the staff who were doing the patient experience survey, and I was really struck by their enthusiasm. I thought it was really good. but I do think that challenge for us is how we scale it up, Matt, and how we make it business mm-hmm. as usual and how do we bring it into workloads of already busy clinicians unless we can really crack that problem of bringing it into workflow and the culture problem. Mm-hmm. That's the two things I think that are going to make it a success mm-hmm. within the P. Yeah. Mm. Look, I was going to ask you about what, what feedback you've had from your colleagues here, including the executive, about consumer representation, and you think you've almost answered that question, mm. but if, is there anything you'd like to add about you know, what people in your circle and in, in, in other leadership roles within the LHD are feeding back to you about consumer engagement, um, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly? <laughs> yeah, the only, yeah, the only thing I'd say is I think, yeah, definitely the bit around I can see people are conscious of it, and, you know, we talk around, you know, patients at the centre of everything we do. 
I can see everyone's really conscious of that across the district and, you know, consumer engagement goes hand in hand with patient being the centre of what we do. Mm. And people are really can see the need for change. I keep coming back to that trick of how we get it up to scale. That's the, the key thing for the mm. district, I think. So, uh, but I think, yeah, people's consciousness and willingness to do something about it and pushes in that direction. Uh, mm. And that also that understanding of the community which we serve, I think is really good. The different, if you like, the different cohorts within our community and how we engage with them. I think I've, mm. I've seen that as well as being a really good point to what we do in the PN. So if you cast your mind for, let's say, five years from now, mm. what does consumer engagement at scale mm. look like to you? Uh, probably two things. We'd have made strides on the culture, so that whole issue of those conversations, and we'd have a patient and family population who wouldn't be afraid to uh, speak up and ask and you know, think of the uh, the reach program those types of things you know mm -hmm. that uh, people not afraid to ask and question uh, and you know clinicians willingness to seek that feedback as part of mm -hmm. you know uh, care planning etc uh, and I think we would have a like a, we would in our workflows for our clinicians we'd have that technological solution which really enables us to at scale collect data on the experiences of our patients and what they see and what they feel, what they think mm -hmm. of how we improve care. And sorry, Matt, the only final bit would, we'd be using all that as a routine way to help us improve what we do. You mentioned the REACH program. For our listeners out there who may not be familiar with what yeah. REACH is, yeah. can you give us a bit more information about, about the REACH program? Yeah, sure. So the REACH program uh, is a really simple initiative whereby it encourages if you're worried about a, a, a family member in hospital just gives you a, a way of escalating that that uh, concern you've got in a quick way and it just encourages families of patients just to literally reach out if they've got any concerns mm. yeah and i think it's sort of it, there's levels of escalation and it ends yep. up that there's a number that's specific to every ward that or every hospital every facility, yeah exactly but yeah. that people can call mm. and then they, mm. they 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 get a clinical review within a certain mm. period of time yeah. So yeah, it is a fantastic program. And look, you know, there's always promotion of reach and things like that. And 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 I know that there's initiatives in other parts of the um, LHD where they try and adapt the reach process to the specific sort of needs of a of an area of the hospital. So, you know, for instance, in in ED, they require a slightly different approach, I think, to mm. escalating care. Um, so thanks for explaining that for our listener, Lee. Look, we're sort of running out of time here. Um, I did want to ask. We, we've asked. Um, Lee Gregory, our CE, about um, some of the feedback from his colleagues uh, about consumer engagement. What about feedback, Matt, that you get from other consumer representatives at the LHD about how, how we're tracking? I think that from the various committees I'm involved in across the district, we're getting a lot more sense that we're not just there to tick a box, you know, standard two to, to partner with consumers. Um, and, and I think there used to be this perception of we were just there as the police, coming in and see what the clinicians were doing and we were going to go and dob, if you like, on, <laughs> on, on, on the practice. But actually, see, it's a genuine commitment. You mentioned before about mm. um, the commitment to have that conversation. And sometimes um, the conversation or the questions aren't necessarily the ones that a clinician would normally get, mm. but it makes them think about if you put the patient at the centre first, what does that look like? And there's a, a willingness to then come and approach the consumers and say, hey, what do you think about this? We want to do this or that, the other thing. 
Um, can we get your insights on that? Mm. I think that's a marked difference from that I've seen anecdotally across my time as a consumer rep. Um, and I'm certainly excited by continuing that engagement with the with the clinicians mm. and the broader district, which is the whole premise behind the Better Together podcast series, right? Yeah. Um, we want to be able to deliver or have delivered for us as patients, consumers, or care or, uh, clients, sorry, high quality, safe, and uncompromised healthcare at every step. And I think we can only get that if we work better together. Yeah, and I think, Matt, you know, it's getting to what matters to patients. And clinicians don't always know that or understand that or perceive that. And, that, yeah, it's exactly probably the heart of it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, and we've had some fantastic clinicians on this program who've got a very, you know, an excellent sort of attitude and sort of, you know, vision, you know, in this space. So, you know, we had Mohammed Kadra and, and Neen Nguyen on, their insights into, you know, why it's valuable to engage with consumers on a meaningful level, I think was very inspiring. So there's certainly mm-hmm. people here in the organisation who who can lead the way with some of these cultural changes that we'd like to see, mm-hmm. um, you know, more broadly perhaps. Look, uh, we're sort of out of time for today's episode of Better Together, but but um, Lee or Matt, is there anything that we haven't discussed today that you'd like to add? Yeah, not from me. Thanks. It's been, it's been great. Thanks. Thanks for your yeah, time, Lee. We it. really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Matt? I think we've covered quite a lot of information mm-hmm. in today's episode, which has been great. And it's been really helpful when we had our first episode with your predecessor, Kay Hyman. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to see your perspective now as the new CEO into the district and where we can go to from here. So I certainly uh, am encouraged by what you said. Um, let's let's put the, when the rubber hits the road, as they say, <laughs> let's see how it works. Yeah. Yes, well, Lee Gregory, thanks very much for your insights into consumer engagement. Today is our new chief executive at the Pean Blue Mountains Local Health District are invaluable, I think, in supporting consumers and clinicians to, to work together. And thanks again, of course, to Matt Roger for your invaluable experience and contribution as a health consumer and health consumer rep. Thanks, Tom. Now, if you've enjoyed today's show, please do come and find us again. And please, if you have ideas on what people, topics or stories we may be able to cover then let us know just send us an email at better together consumer podcast at gmail.com this has been better together a consumer driven podcast produced in collaboration with the nepean blue mountains local health district thanks very much for listening and catch you next time